Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I'm excited to speak to you today about rhythm. We've got four weeks on the subject of rhythm. We've been speaking about foundations. For four weeks, we spoke about order. For four weeks, I love the fact people have been stopping me and telling me that they've cleared out a cupboard or they've, they've, they've straightened a drawer. You know, they think, they think that the, the, the tidy police are going to drop around their house. They're just making sure that I know that they've done that. That's awesome. I, I love the fact that people are just really applying some of these principles to their lives. And we are uh, here today uh, to kind of lay some foundations in the area of rhythm. We're going to have a bit of fun as well. Over the next four weeks, I think over the last eight weeks, it's been like pretty full on, a bit intense. And we, but over the next four weeks, we're just going to have a little bit of fun, but with a serious edge, because I think it's going to help us to understand, understand some stuff. Because I can imagine if I was you and I was sat there thinking, well, okay, I can get foundations, I can get order, but mm, I don't know about rhythm. I don't know how this is going to apply to me, so I'm, I'm going to hopefully point out some things to you that have been hidden in plain view all along so that, that it would just get you thinking in a certain way uh, and, and help you to understand that actually this is quite applicable to all of us, whether you consider yourself to be somebody who has rhythm or not. You know, sometimes people say, no, I don't have rhythm, I don't have rhythm, but it's actually not about that. We are just going to make ourselves aware of some things that God has already put in place and, uh, and how we can align ourselves with that. So as I've said today, we're just going to be laying some foundations, setting ourselves up for the series uh, where we're going to be homing in on some particular areas. Um, but here we go. I want to pray as we begin. Father, I want to thank you that you care deeply about us. That, Father, you have a plan for each one of us. And Father, I just pray that you help us to grasp what it is that you want us to grasp in regard to the whole area of rhythm and how it applies to us and to our lives. I truly believe, Lord God, that you have put rhythm in the universe for a reason. And that, Father, we, we believe, Lord God, that as we align ourselves with you and, uh, and get in step with you, that, Father, we will understand that we too were born to walk to the rhythm that you have set. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amazing. So, hopefully this sermon will get you to reflect and to think a little bit. It's a little bit today, like we're laying out a buffet. So, if you go to a buffet, I was at a buffet last night, and if you go to a buffet, you tend not to eat everything on the buffet, you know, unless you're 15 and then you might give it a go. But like if you, you know, you, you, you pick something, uh, you, you, don't, you don't have everything, but you pick the things that work for you. And, and I think today this is one of those sermons. So we're going to start off from the fact that Acts 17, 26 tells us this, that from one man, he, speaking of God, made all the nations. Imagine that, from one man. He made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And this is the bit that I loved. 
And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. You know, you, you are here at an appointed time in history. God, God did not make any mistakes. Right at creation, he decided. That makes sense, doesn't it, when you think of Psalm 139, when, uh, when I was in my mother's womb, all the days ordained for me were written in his book before one of them came to be. So because, why? Because God had marked out the appointed time for us in history. Um, and then we, we understand also that, the, that right at the beginning, and I'm going to read this first so that I'm making sense. Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 says, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Let them serve as signs to mark as sacred times and days and years. So right at creation, while God was fixing the physical attributes of creation, He also intended that there would be sacred days. There would be markers along the way. And, and by implementing particular days of particular value, of particular importance, he was highlighting that there would be a rhythm. There would be a rhythm to our year. We'll look at that in just a moment. But, but God actually intended right there at the beginning of time that there would be a rhythm to life and that we were to acknowledge it. God set a rhythm for man to move to. Exodus 34 verse 21 says, Six days you shall labour, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the ploughing season and harvest, you must rest. And we looked a little bit at this last week, didn't we? Um, but... You know, the importance that, that, that God has set it in, in each of us that, that in every seven-day cycle, uh, we, we, we landed on that, at least in every seven-day cycle because our lives vary. Some of us, you know, we work Sundays and it's not necessarily the same day as rest as it was years ago. So we, in a seven-day cycle, we need to understand that we are wired. We, are, it, we will function at our best if we give ourselves time to rest and recuperate. So what I love about those Exodus scriptures is that he's saying, you know, during plowing season and harvest. But, you know, you say, well, I don't plow and I don't harvest. No, but what that's pointing to is even at your busiest times, even when you are at your busiest time, there's no excuse for not taking time out to rest. And then Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. My wife and I have two completely different speeds that we walk at. I, yeah, I've spent 30, over 30 years of marriage 
walking on her head and waiting for her to catch up, walking on her head and waiting on her. You say, why don't you just walk with her? Because I don't, I just find it so difficult to walk at that pace. So I just, I march on her head and then I wait for her. We've just turned it into a joke. I think she thinks that I'm a bit off my head, but that's okay. Probably that's true as well. So, but, but whilst I can afford to get out of step with my wife, I can't afford to get out of step with God. So I've got to keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever got out of step with the Spirit? Have you ever run ahead of Him? It's not that it wasn't God, but you've run ahead of Him. Uh, you know, you've got to keep in His step. God put rhythm in creation. There are some obvious things. He put the seasons. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. Sunrise and sunset. Put in, he put in days. We, if you just flick up that picture for me of the analog clock, we talked about last week. We talked about, when talking about ordering your physical world, that, that God put us on a planet that is moving 30 kilometers a second. It doesn't feel like we're moving, but whatever God, what God puts in place, He puts movement in place. So to emulate the, what He put in the, uh, in the, in the universe, he, the, when we have, is my, is my watch there? It was there. The way I had to take on my watch, Lawrence. You put circles inside of circles, spinning circles inside of spinning circles, and that mimics time. It, it mimics the universe. So that's how we measure time, and time has a rhythm. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. If I'm going to measure time, then I'm going to find myself with a rhythm. We cannot speak about this issue without engaging with Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8, where um, the writer said, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. I mean, you could just preach right now on, on that because part of the art of living is that, it, that, yes, there is a time for those things, but it's having the wisdom it's having the wisdom to work out when is the right and proper time. And that, is, that can be the challenge, but God gives us wisdom to do that. We've got the waxing and the waning of the moon. We have the high tide and low tide, Christmas and Easter. We have school terms. We live our lives according to, to terms. It's actually been one of the, the fascinating things for us. Those of you uh, from the Southern Hemisphere will relate because in South Africa 
the school term ends at the end of the year. So everything converges around Christmas. Christmas is the middle of summer. So everything converges around there. So everything happens with Christmas and New Year. But weirdly, in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly here with our education system, kind of September is also a kind of New Year. You know, when the schools start back, when we, the education process, end of September, October, it's almost like another new year that can sometimes even feel a bit more like a new year than the actual new year. So, but we live, we live to those rhythms and uh, we, we might live slightly differently according to where we are geographically, but we live to those rhythms. God also um, puts his rhythm in us. So he hasn't only put rhythm in creation, he's put rhythm in us. Uh, Daniel, you can go and get yourself ready for me. Daniel's going to help me with a couple of things today. I just find this kind of thing fascinating that um, our heart starts beating from around 22 days after conception. Around 22 days after conception, our heart starts beating and it keeps beating until you die. That, that, that rhythm signifies life. A normal fetal heart rate because your heart, a healthy heart never beats faster than when it's in the, the womb. And I just, you know, wanted to, uh, I asked Daniel to help me. Um, so a fetal heartbeat will um, usually be around 120 to 160 beats a minute. So it's just going to help us with that so we get a bit of feel for that. Which is amazing. Getting up to about 170 beats a minute at 10 weeks. It's very fast. And then drop into about 130 beats a minute at turn. And then a normal heartbeat, resting heartbeat will be between 60 to 100, all depending, but between 60 to 100, that's our heart. That's the rhythm. So all Daniel is doing is mimicking the, the rhythm that is in each one of us right now. Our ears don't pick it up. But that rhythm is in the room. And God put that rhythm in you. And God put that rhythm in us. That heartbeat, that rhythm is the proof of life. Thanks, Daniel. Life can also, because life doesn't hand us only rhythm, it handles, hands us polyrhythms. We're just having all kinds of lessons today. The reason I know about polyrhythms is because Daniel told me about them. But I'm like, you know, like, because, you know, I just want to sound intelligent and stuff, you know, so like, I'm like, okay, polyrhythms, yeah, right. Just remind me again about those polyrhythms, like. But actually, it's not as complex as it sounds. So a polyrhythm is, is the presence of, of two rhythms working together at the same time. There are two different rhythms working at the same time. If you'll just help us, I think you've got a 
different rhythms working simultaneously. Now you say, well, why is that relevant to me? Well, it's relevant to me because in life, life doesn't just hand me a rhythm. I might have a certain rhythm at work, but another rhythm in the home. So I don't just learn to work with a rhythm. I have to learn to work with multiple rhythms. Turn to the person next to you and say, did you know you had a polyrhythm? So, we, not only do we like rhythm, but we like to synchronize rhythms. We actually, we like to work together more than you think you do. Did you know that when a choir sings, it's not only their voices that harmonize, their heartbeats harmonize. There's, there's more than one reason to enjoy being part of a choir. It's, not, it's just because beyond your voices harmonizing, your heartbeats heartbeats together and the reason for that is they believe or one of the the contributing reasons is because you all breathe at the same time in the same place that ultimately your hearts will synchronize interesting thought we've got a tendency to want to synchronize so we're just going to do a little bit of an experiment is that all right are you up for a bit of an experiment we're just going to have we've got some audience participation here today. So uh, my man Daniel is a phenomenal drummer. Let's just imagine that he has done a great performance, as indeed he has. And I'd like you to show your appreciation by giving him some applause. Awesome. Not too much. We don't want to. He's a young man. He's a young man. He can't, can't handle it. Um, so that's all cool. Now what that was, all of you, you know, you were just randomly, uh, you had a, there was a random beat in the room because you were all clapping at different times. Now, what I want to prove to you is that how we want to work together is that I want to ask you guys to do exactly what you've just done in applauding Daniel, but I want you then to synchronize to a beat. So you're all applauding, but then I want you to synchronize to A, B, go. Oh, now you're just showing up. Now you see, isn't that amazing? No, we haven't practiced anything. We, we haven't rehearsed, but, but we have the capacity to go from that to that and even speed it up. No one told you to speed up, but you just started speeding up because you wanted to you wanted to work in rhythm together we 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 have a tendency to want to synchronize um we use rhythm to express our appreciation that's what you just did with Daniel but also we use rhythm to express our displeasure Rhythm expresses how we feel, but it also influences how we feel. Have you ever been in a place where 
you know, you, you were just like, you were just like tapping your foot. You know, you, something was playing, you were tapping your foot. You didn't even like the tune, but somehow involuntarily your, your foot was tapping. That's because you, you, you respond, you respond to rhythm. So we're going to, again, have a little bit of an experiment. Uh, guys, you're going to play Chopin for me this time, aren't you? Thanks so much. We just had a bit of fun, unexpected fun in the first service. So uh, here we go. Play Chopin for me. stop that and then we'll go for a bit more of a it's a remembrance Sunday so uh, we'll go for a bit more of a military theme let's do that just the rhythm just the rhythm but it just it makes you fascinating to see that some people around the room you can't stay still Some people are like determined now. It's just their eyelid. So, okay, let's let's take it to another level because then rhythm can also affect you like this. To the first service, that I wasn't sure it wasn't going to work. I was, it was going to work in the first service because those guys, you know, they're chilled. You know what I mean? They're just chilled. <laughs> I told them that I wanted to be able to go to the second service and said, honestly, the first service killed it this morning because they were up, they were dancing, they were clapping, they were just, they were just going for it. I want you to know right now, right now, you're looking like the first service. <laughs> right now but because I believe in you because I believe in you we're gonna have another go and see if we can beat the first service go for it Matt
give yourself a hand. That's absolutely awesome. When people get to hear that you've been dancing to happy on that, ch- that church, at that church, at that church, they danced to happy. Well, they've lost it. They've lost it. I never intended for this. I actually never intended for this, but it was true in this service like it was true in the first. I just find it interesting that you put something like that up, and this isn't even in my notes, but you put something like that up, just see how relaxed people are. Some of you have never seen you so relaxed. <laughs> isn't it funny how sometimes something comes over us when we come to church? Like we've just got a... Yeah, I've done a lot of weddings over the years. And, uh, you know, you go to the reception, see people from church. And uh, you see people on the dance floor on the Saturday night. And then you see them in church on the Sunday morning. (laughs) Try to put those two people together because you look like that guy. You look like that guy I saw last night. They, but the thing is that, they, that there are actually some technicalities to that rhythm to get us to respond in a certain way. That's why it was such a massive hit because the way it works melodically and rhythmically, it actually generates feelings of joy, which is a great thing. I just want to say, you know what? We, we as the people of God, we don't even need to sing happy to be joyous. You know what I mean? That is, that's how we should be living our lives. It's how we should be, particularly when we come to church. You know, you don't have to reserve all that for the dance floor at the wedding reception. We can see some of that in church. It's okay. It's okay. So we carry rhythm, rhythm, influences. We have our own personal rhythms. Some of you are morning people. Your luck, some of you are owls, your evening people. You know? In fact, the Bible, the Bible's got a scripture for morning people. I want to share that with you. There's a scripture for morning people, Proverbs 21, 14. It says, if anyone, if anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. I'm preaching right now. I don't know. I may have been preaching before, but now I'm definitely preaching. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. I don't know why it is that God sets things up that morning people get married to night people. I don't know how that happens, but it does. Why am I pointing that out? Well, because the reason is we often talk about it in the negative, don't we? We say, oh, I'm not a night person. I'm not very good at night or I'm not very good first thing in the morning, which is cool because there's nothing good or bad about that. It just is what it is. But I want to say, if you're not good in the morning, that means you are good at night. So if you know you're good at night, then you use that. If you know you're most productive at that time of day, then instead of thinking what you're not, think what you are. You know, and just not everybody's the same. Some people are much better first in the morning. They're most productive in the early part of the day. Don't be asking them to be productive at nine o'clock at night. When someone who is like some of our creatives, it gets to nine o'clock at night and they're like, hello. Now I'm awake. And they get all creative at nine o'clock at night into the, the small hours. So 
The, the point is that is, is, it's not good or bad, it just is. And we can learn by looking at the rhythms of our life, learn to be productive. That's okay. You know, like even, even seasonally, you know, I know for myself, like spring and summer, that for me is high energy, that is creativity, that is innovation. That's when I'm, that's when I'm in that mode. But when it comes to autumn, winter, I'm more reflective. I'm more evaluating my life and where I'm at. Again, you might not follow quite that rhythm. You might be something different. It's neither good nor bad. It just is what it is. But it can be helpful to recognise it so you can use it. So our lives are hugely influenced by rhythm. But I want to say that the, the rhythm is made up of, it's made up of sounds and silences. Sounds and silences. It's the silence that gives definition to the beat. It's the beat that gives definition to the silence, the rests are as important as the sounds. In Matthew 11, which is our main scripture uh, for the series, uh, Matthew 11, from the message version 28 and 30, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and walk and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. See, I love that. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. God does not want us living our lives stressed out of our brains. He doesn't want us to live on the edge all the time so that we're desperate to get to church just to find a little bit of peace, just to find a little bit of equilibrium. He doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to live the majority of our lives. What does that say there? I love it. To live freely and lightly. Some of you might be more familiar with the language. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. God gives us the ability to live life well. He does not want us to. He does not want us to be uh, to carrying a weight that is too much for us. But then I think that the fact that we have to learn the unforced rhythms of grace means that what we have to learn them. That means we're going to get it wrong. You know, life has a tendency to get out of kilter. It, gets, it has a, a tendency to move towards chaos rather than order. And so we need, to, we need to keep bringing it into order. It put me in mind of a scripture in 1 Kings 19. Now, if we had time today, I'd probably get us also to read 1 Kings 18. Um, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of a rundown because Elijah, the great mighty man of God, he comes as the man of God to restore the altar of the Lord and, 
And some of you will be familiar with the story because Elijah decides to put up a contest about, you know, let, let the, the, the God who, who, from whom fire comes down from heaven, let, that, let us call that God the true God. And then there's this big bonfire built and they decide to fill a moat with water and, and then they get the prophets of God to try and get fire to fall down from heaven. And of course, Elijah, the great man of God, full of confidence, full of boldness. Uh, in the end, um, the story ends with fire indeed falling down and consuming the altar and Elijah's God being declared the real God. So it's a powerful moment. I mean, what might not be immediately understood that he's not just dealing with a few satanic prophets he is actually doing dealing with the spiritual influence over a nation it is a power principalities and powers are shifting this is a an incredible moment and I'm building that up because this is just the next chapter this is just a little moment later reading from verse one now Ahab first Kings 19 now Ahab told Jezebel they were they were um Satanic priests, essentially, everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the, the prophets with the sword. So, so Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not take your life, I do not make your life like one of them. And I wanna, I wanna say to that before I read on that it's very interesting to me. Here we have Elijah, he's out there. He is pouring himself out. He is um, calling on God. Yeah, and he is the great, um, he is the mighty man of God, but he's also flesh and blood. He has feelings. He has, you know, things impact him. And so at the end of that huge pouring out and seeing a huge breakthrough, there was a word from Satan waiting for him, saying, I'm gonna kill you, basically. And in verse three, Elijah was afraid. Why was, wait, Elijah was so bold and so confident the day before, yet because he was spent, he was vulnerable. And you'll understand, you'll know he is spent because of what happens next. So Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he came to a broom bush, broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. I find, that, I find that so powerful because we read there that essentially through this great outpouring of the spirit that God did through Elijah, Elijah, the, the rhythms had got out of balance. Even the Lord said to him, the journey is too much for you. And we see 
that because Elijah allowed the rhythms of his life to get out of kilter, there was something of a downward spiral. We see that he was afraid. We see that he ran for his life. This great bold person now was running for his life. He isolated himself. You see, when you get, when you get in this frame of mind, he went and he, he left the servant behind and wait, went on himself for a day's journey. He isolated himself. See, that's when you start to isolate yourself, there's a world of difference between isolation and solitude. When you isolate yourself, it means that things, you're not in a great place emotionally. And of course, we can tell by the things that he's saying. He lost perspective. He prayed, oh God, you know, I might die. I've had enough. I've just had enough. He said, I'm no better than my ancestors. You see, when you get in this place, everything gets out of perspective. You even forget the good things that God has done for you. It was only yesterday. It was only yesterday we were tearing up hell. It was only yesterday we had revival. It was only yesterday we had breakthrough. It was only, well, probably the day before, but you know what I'm saying? It was only a couple of days ago that we were just like, we, we were rocking it for Jesus and now look where we are. The Bible says that he falls asleep, he's worn out, he's depressed. And I just want to point out a couple of things that, that happened there. Clearly says that God touched him. And then God just brought order into his physical world. He gave him proper food, proper hydration, and proper rest. I don't know, some of these guys will know what I mean, but you see, I, I just love the fact that, that he came to bread that was baked over hot coals. See, that stuff is important to God. He didn't just wake up to a loaf of bread. It was fresh. It was warm. It, was, it wasn't just bread. It was great bread. It was, it was warm. It was delicious. It was, it was to minister to him. We read that we read that that the Lord had to come back again. You know, some things aren't fixed quickly, eh? Some things don't just take a moment. Even God sometimes has to come back again. Kind of shows you the place that Elijah was in. He was he was he was done, man. And God came back. And he had and he drank some fresh water and he, he, he rested. You know, sometimes in life we're, we're looking for, for God to do something. You know, sometimes we just need to have a proper night's sleep. We, just, we, we need to eat some proper food and make sure we're well hydrated. That stuff is important. You've got to make sure that you've got the rhythms right in your life. You've got to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So, what that put me in mind of was that, interestingly, you know, one, one of the things about a heart attack is that either the rhythm stops or it descends into chaos. So either your heart stops or you're having a heart attack when your heart, you, the, the rhythm is chaotic. 
And what, what happens is, in order to restore the rhythm, the, the, they come along with the defibrillator and they put it on the chest and it's poof. They send an electric shock through the heart. What? To get rid of the chaotic rhythm and replace it with a steady, ordered rhythm so that your heart functions properly. We are going to pray in a moment. I want to believe that some people with irregular heartbeats and heart issues, physical heart issues, that as we pray, God's going to touch you. God is going to do something in your heart. But I want, to, I, want, I want you to just work with me for one second. You see, because twice there, twice we read, the Lord touched Elijah. I know he woke up to, he woke up to, to bread and on hot co- from hot coals and, and water and he'd rested and, and order was established. But it was sometimes, yes, we've got to do those things, but sometimes we need a touch from Jesus. And it just somehow struck me that just in that, as that defibrillator goes on, poof, to restore order. Twice there it says the angel of the Lord touched him that the touch of God interrupts the chaotic rhythm of our lives and restores order. Maybe it's not your physical heart. Maybe it's your emotions. It's, it's, it's your emotional heart that it's in a chaotic rhythm. You're all over the place. Maybe someone here has said it's too much for me, Lord. I've had enough. I can't keep going. Just can't keep doing this stuff. Well, what I get from this is, you know what? When we get to the end of ourselves, Jesus is there for us. And maybe you do need to restore some physical order in your life. But what you also need is a touch from Jesus. A touch from Jesus. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.